Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Hi, I'm your host, Jack McLean, and today my guest is Ben Stanley, the founder of Enhanced Football. Enhancing football helps Aussie rules footballers improve your skill level and AFL performance with online kicking analysis or private coaching. Highlights from this episode, we discuss the importance of having an open mind and learning new skills, the key to an elite ball drop, Ben's best tips for starting a new business, and why it's key to have a give-first mentality in coaching. People mention Matthew Lloyd, Ross Lyon, Kevin Ball, Aaron Norton, Chris Fagan, Bell Dawes, Mark Williams, Craig Stavovich, Simon Black, Tony Lockett, Peter McKenna, Chris Fagan, and Jason Dunstall. Before we start this episode, for those strength and conditioning coaches wanting to learn how to create your own coaching business online and face-to-face while working elite sport, make sure to head over to our academy. You can join the wait list for a free month trial. The link is in the show notes. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Ben. Thanks for jumping on, mate. Yeah, g'day, Jack. How are you, mate? I'm going well. Oh, well, it was uh, well only a couple of weeks ago we were doing this all again, but now we get to dive into your story a little bit <laughs> with a bit more detail anyway, which will be good. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed that a couple of weeks ago with all the um, kicking experts and things like that. And I um, re-watched it only a couple of days later. I actually listened to it when I was driving home from Toowoomba. So that uh, entertained me for a couple of hours. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a few footballers reach out and say, where's the kicking podcast? I want to listen to Ben Chucko's uh, episode. I said, I don't, we haven't quite released it yet on the podcast, but you can watch it on the YouTube. Yeah. YouTube's good now. If you've got the premium account, I didn't realize this recently, it acts like a podcast. You can yeah. switch off your phone and actually listen now, uh, yeah. which, is, which is handy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, pop, for the podcasters out there, it is coming. We'll, we'll, we'll release the bite size episodes um, in the next coming weeks. I think Chucko's is next week and, and yourself, Ben, in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah, Stay tuned, a, but yeah, no, yeah it, was really, it, it was really interesting when they I had to leave, but then when I re listened to it, when they started interacting, and I think Choco sort of started it where he just was really interested in the torpedo and picking Nathan Chapman's brain and all that. And it just it was really interesting to, just to hear the discussions and them all learning off each other. And I just thought it was really, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. The biggest takeaway for me, because it's not my area of expertise, is that it's it's a there's a lot of momentum with what you guys are creating online in face to face with, I guess, putting a bit more time and effort into how important skill is for football, yeah. uh, but also the tactical you know ability that how you can influence the game like how they'll kick how you, if you can kick well over a zone, mm. you, you're going to um, all those defensive zones that everyone puts so much time and energy into. You can kick it over the top, but it's a pretty exciting thing to think about. Yeah, I just got sent a link actually to, um, I think it was Footy Classified, and they were talking to Matty Lloyd and Ross Lyon about the value of kicking um, and, and just about how we all look into these tactics and structures, which are fantastic. Um, but at the end of the day, goal kicking is the most important thing in our game. Um, and, <laughs> and Matty Lloyd was going through it. Ross Lyon actually mentioned, he didn't mention Kevin Ball's name, but he mentioned they had a biomechanist when he was at Fremantle. So I'm guessing that yep. was Kevin Ball. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they really honed in on the kicking technique. Um, and then they asked, do clubs have a goal-kicking coach? And they sort of come to a consensus at the moment, probably not. Um, some clubs may, but they don't have that sole like, person working on goal-kicking. It might be a forwards coach that occasionally, you know, jumps in and says he's a bit of a hand with the routine and things like that. But there's a real space for it, I think. You know, goal kicking is number one. Kicking is king. Um, get the experts in and, you know, help out if, if people need it. Yeah, 100%, mm. mate. It's, uh, yeah, Kevin did mention that, that Ross was huge on it and yeah. he gave uh, Kev a huge license in bringing him over in being – it's actually quite an interesting role with being – he was a biomechanist but also he worked in the gym improving – their strength yeah. conditioning to help their kicking too, which yeah. is awesome. But um, and that's something that uh, was another takeaway actually. How Choco, since being at Melbourne, is they do fifteen minutes of uh, elite yeah. kicking development every session. Yeah, uh, like you said, it's just fundamental. But like Matthew Lloyd with his goal kicking, if you can kick, yeah, and get that routine down pat, it's pretty effective. Uh, yeah, it certainly did uh, well for him. <laughs> and they they put up a couple like they I think they mentioned like Aaron Norton at the moment who's an absolute star of the game, but his goal kicking lets him down a little bit. 
And, and all they pointed out was, and they're, they're spot on, is that he just doesn't get the momentum through the footy that your Lockets did, that your Dunstills did, that your Lloyds did. They even had um, Peter McKenna up there, Bernie Quinlan, like all those. When you break it down, they got their body in line to the target and they got momentum there. So, you know, there's one thing for him that there's a takeaway. I'd be listening to Matty Lloyd if I was him. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we start with your journey, what, why do yeah. you reckon you're in the industry, in the private sector, and also, mm. um, you know, working closely with Bell and, 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 and the professional athletes? Yeah. Um, so you got your finger on the pulse. What, how far off do you reckon it is before every club does have a kicking expert, either part-time or, or potentially full-time, do you think? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's got to be close, doesn't it, Jack? Like, it has to be. It's, I think we're realising now that skill and kicking is king in the game and it just hurts you if you've got, a, you know, a couple of players on your team that, that can't um, execute the skill. So um, I, I suppose it's all with very relevant to the COVID situation and how the AFL is going. And you, you know more about that than me, Jack. Um, and, and what sort of budgets they've got at the moment. But I think there's a huge space, whether it's part-time or even a full-time role for a, a skills or kicking coach in AFLW 100% and in AFL men's as well. Yeah. I guess for the coaches listening, that's an opportunity to set yourself apart, do some workshops, you know, and yeah. uh, make that a real strength of your coaching uh, because mm. it's obviously super competitive to be an assistant coach at an AFL club. But if you can be the kicking coach, that might yeah. not be as competitive, do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. Like you look around and social media isn't everything, but there, there's a few of us on social media and it's growing, isn't it? Like they're, start, they're starting to be a bit more interest in it, which is great. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's getting around. The word's spreading. Um, and I know myself... Um, before the AFLW season, the Brisbane Lions AFLW team, um, Craig got in contact with me just from seeing what I'm doing on social media and, you know, did his homework. And, um, and I was down there, you know, once or twice a week during preseason, just honing in and just working with the girls in small groups and individually. So, um, and we saw some, you know, some really good results. Um, but like, I just, you know, I would love more time, you know, they'd love to make that at any club, that full-time capacity to be able to work with people in small groups um, just to hone in on their skills, you know. Could be, you know, working... An example probably would have been working with Zimmy Farquharson, who was a... I think she won the Rising Star for Lions in round two, I think. Um, But just working with her on her snapshots, um, just working on the grip and body position and routine of a snapshot and... Um, little things like that. Like when she kicked the snap goal, like I, I was jumping off my seat. I'm like, look at that, Zimmy. Like, that's yeah. awesome, you know? And it's not, not necessarily, it's, it's her commitment to do the extra stuff and just to take on the advice and things like that. So I think there's a huge space for it, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, mm. Super exciting for, for people like yourself uh, that are on the forefront, but um, also for, for guys like Kevin Ball that, uh, had, you know, the success that they had, like Ross Lyons talking about in the media, that's got to have... A bit of weight so yeah um yeah there's momentum behind it in the industry that's for sure so uh, yeah. all the coaches listening uh, jump on board and <laughs> and because do you do workshops with coaches is that something yeah. that you guys offer yeah it's, it's becoming more and more popular and it's we do all we've got about three or four different coaching modules that we deliver but um the most popular one is how to keep how to teach kicking the way we teach it to females males juniors it's it's all the same so it doesn't matter what age what level we just strip it right back to the basics and go through the fundamentals. And I do the same thing, you know, with senior men or the AFLW girls that I do with the, I had a 13-year-old um, girl yesterday, same, same process. So, yeah, the, the, the how to teach kicking is a really popular module, particularly a lot of clubs in Queensland are taking up at the moment. So, yeah, it's going good. Well, yeah, let's, let's dive into your journey, mate. Let's take this to the very beginning. Yeah. At what age did you discover you had a passion for coaching and, and uh, we'll go into this, you know, specialising in kicking, I guess, later on, but yeah, yeah coaching itself. Yeah, I was, you know, I suppose I was always that type of kid that was um, very interested in the teaching and coaching side of things. Like I always wanted to be a, a PE teacher and I'm still doing that now um, as, a, as the enhanced football stuff. So it was a, something that I was passionate about early and I got into little assistant coaching jobs when I was really young. And by the time I think I was 27, I was captain coaching aside, um, which was a big challenge because you're coaching guys that are, you know, 38 and 
you know, legends of the club and they're listening to a 27-year-old that, you know, there's challenges there as well. But I guess the chat there, yeah, the journey probably started with the PE teaching. Um, you know, that, that's where I got my teaching experience. And, and you see a lot of great coaches around the AFL industry. They've all got, a lot of them have got teaching backgrounds, don't they? So I think it set me in good stead there. And was that the plan with, with teaching uh, or you also had a passion with teaching and, and uh, the passion for coaching just started to overtake? Yeah. So yeah, my passion's always been with footy. Um, and, you know, that's always been a huge part of my life. And the, the teaching um, has been there as a passion as well. But it's just, I think it's, it's really helped the, the coaching in football as well, just with people skills and management, organisation, all that, all that really important stuff that you see, you, you know, your Chris Fagans and your, your, those type of guys are so good at. Um, so, yeah, I think teaching is a great groundwork. Um, uh, for, for what we do, I suppose, working with all different age groups as well. Yeah, and you obviously had some strength to be recognised as a player coach at the age of 27. Uh, like yeah. you mentioned, there were some older peers. So <laughs> um, was that something that you, uh, you, know, you then you started to grow confident yourself about being a coach when, when you were taking on that title or were you already pursuing leadership positions at that stage and it was something that you attracted yeah, yeah, I guess I was always involved in leadership positions as a player from, you know, from that 22 to 27 um, and played under some great captains, great coaches. Um, and so you learn from then. And then being a young teacher, like qualified at the age of whatever it was, I think 23, you, you, I went into the coaching position fairly confident as a 27, 28-year-old because that's what you do for a job every day. You know, you're out in front of a class and you're delivering content and things like that. So it's really, you know, football was always my expertise. So I was even more confident in that area when, when you're in front of a group. I suppose the main challenge was that the, the age, you know, who is this 27-year-old coming in, you know, but it's, it's all good experiences. So, yeah, I really, I, I think that was a great sort of foundation um, to get into coaching early. Um, and also did a lot with the AFL just as a sort of a development officer type role where you go around to schools and, so that's what I did when I was at uni um, and that, that was a great sort of progression as well and helped my teaching out. So it sounds like you were busy, you, you were yeah. uh, keeping yourself <laughs> productive through that period. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Is that advice from any influences around the time? What, like talk us through, did you have mentors or were you sort of forging your own way? Um, what did sort yeah. of your development look like at this stage? Your yeah, I, yeah, I guess my, my dad was probably my biggest mentor. He was a um, very good footballer himself and a probably one of the best coaches I've ever had as well. It was just a great people's person and manager and really got the best out of his players just through, you know, that really motivating um, and encouraging and supporting coach um, that kept things, you know, kept everyone together. Um, so he was probably my main mentor with the coaching and teaching side of things. Um, he didn't have the teaching background. He's a pl- he's, he's still with us. <laughs> he's a plumber, um, but just that came naturally. So I suppose that's where that came from. Um, and early on, Probably the, another coach that didn't coach me but was an ex-AFL player was um, Nathan Clark, who was on the Brisbane Lions list, um, probably played about six or seven games. He, he was a coach, went down and coached East Lakes as a young captain coach as well. So um, really leaned on him for some advice as a young captain coach and just sort of tried to learn some lessons what he went through as well. Um, so, yeah, Nathan Clark, he's a ripping coach up here in Queensland as well and He's involved in the Simon Black Academy at the moment, so continually looking at what they do and um, learning off Clarkie and those type of blokes. They're, they're um, really good football people, yeah. Yeah, on that topic for, for development and, and learning, um, so mentors obviously important, like, like you mentioned. What are some other sort of ways and methods that you've used to, to sharpen your craft uh, over the years? Yeah, I guess um, just taking up any opportunity, whether it be with the, my, the beauty of probably my other job as a PE teacher is, coaching different sports, um, viewing different programs from basketball to volleyball to water polo. Um, they've done a bit of work with rugby union and things like that just, just through the PE teaching. And you, you learn a lot from, and you've probably done the same, Jack, where you go to other sports and you, you look at that and you take little bits from other sports and, and think, hey, this is what maybe can improve our game as well. Um, and you look at a lot of AFL programs that they've, they've, they get rugby league and rugby union blokes to come in to help with their tackling. And, and why wouldn't you? Like, let's get the experts in and let's, let's learn off other sports. Uh, I love going to watch junior soccer training. Um, 
the, the, the organization and the progressions and the structure they have around training to me is just, it's, it's a really high class and I can go to any club and look at that. And I just look at that and I, how can I implement that into AFL sessions? How can I educate coaches, particularly up here in Queensland um, to sort of look like that? Cause I think obviously being a world game, they're probably a little bit ahead of our industry at the moment. What, would you agree with that? Or is that a, with uh, rugby with league, you said? Nah, probably oh, soccer. soccer. Sorry, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. From the technical, technical side of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just look at some of the programs, and um, I think we we can learn a lot. And you notice a lot of AFL coaches that they do travel and go look at programs over in Europe, and um, you know, in the states, whatever it is, and and learn from other sports. So I think that's that's a big um, thing in our in our code at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I did notice that um, Sam Mitchell was actually big at that at, at, on Hawthorne from the technical side. Um, yeah, was he? Yeah. And um, that's where I was. I grew awareness of it that, yeah, how, and, and Clarko is well known for, like you said, just getting on and networking with um, lots of head coaches in all other codes like NFL and yeah, yep. just taking bits and pieces. It also probably um gets you thinking a bit more laterally doesn't it if you get stuck in a bubble in anything in life you, yeah. you can be quite narrow-minded whereas if you sort of have that exploration mode by mm. um looking at different things it just you might not think of think of something until you see something done differently so yeah, yeah exactly. I like it, mate. that's a yeah that's a really good point yeah um, and i, th- I when, think um sorry i think there's a a lot of coaches when i go around and travel to clubs i think that's they, you know, because they've grown up in a footy environment um, and they've, you know, they, I think they, we need to look outside our bubble a little bit as well. So, yeah, that's what we're trying to do and that's, we're just trying to get better. And so hopefully we can assist other coaches with that as well. And with that, as you sort of process, as you're um, going about um, working on ways to work on your craft uh, over mm. the years, like, well, but will it be something through research that you've, that you've seen and you're like, oh, that tickles your fancy so that so you'll sort of focus on that for a few weeks and sharpen that area of of your coaching or is it more needs basis depending on certain athletes that you're working with and you've got an athlete in mind that you're working on -on one-on-one and you're thinking okay this this drill's not working what i need to go find another drill like take us through sort of your thought process on when you're researching yeah where's the why coming from i guess what's the purpose yeah i think it's a needs basis um you know we're working with so many different people and um, there, there's no one fix for, for, for one athlete. Like we're, we're, we're working with different size athletes, different shapes, different genders. Um, so we will continually try things and sometimes it just doesn't work. So we've got to, that's what we try and do. Yeah. We, we're looking, looking for other solutions and it's a bit of trial and error sometimes, Jack, like it, it, we're not going to get it right all the time. Um, sometimes you might just nail it and the kicking techniques working and it's all looking beautiful, but other times it just might take a little bit longer. Um, so yeah, very individual needs basis. Um, and you've, I think we've yeah, got to be willing to trial things, um, and be willing to fail and fail, fall forward and fail and then try again, um, and come up with a new strategy. So, um, that's what we're continually doing. And it's, it's a big challenge because we're working with kids of eight years old to, to dads that are 50 that want to learn kicking to teach their sons or, or mums, you know, and that, that's, we love doing that. And it's so good that we've had a few recently. So I reckon it's awesome doing that sort of stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great, mate. I, I love watching your, you know, YouTube clips, Instagram, uh, yeah. the commentating as well. The, but you, you really break down the purpose of the drill. You can yeah. tell the teaching side comes through in your, in your content. Uh, mm. and that was another thing that just popped up in my head, like Choco later on, once you had to go, mentioned um how much he loved seeing you using the the pills and that's when he reached out to you but he saw a clip or something like that on youtube and yeah um who's this guy in queensland doing doing the (laughs) drills using the precision ball which is which is pretty cool in today's world how you know if that happened 50 years ago no one would really hear about it but yeah um now we can sort of connect in in that space Uh, take us through the creation of enhanced football um yeah how did it all come about yeah so i've been doing it for probably a, like a long time without the official sort of branding and things like that. So um, just been on a helping out some young kids on the Sunshine Coast for probably, you know, seven or eight years just, and it hasn't been a big program, but just some individual kids um, sporadically throughout the years. And then like many businesses um, through, through the times of COVID, 
um, when I was at home teaching online. Um, I just thought, you know, I was a lot of people coming to me saying there's, there's actually not a huge amount of AFL resources on YouTube, online. Um, and, I, and, and that's when the, the idea clicked and I just thought I'm really going to try to share as much of, as my teaching knowledge, my football knowledge from, from when I was young to now. I want to just share as much as I can. And I think that's why we've grown um, pretty quickly is because I'm, I'm really willing to share. I'm not, I'm not holding anything back. I, I just want to make um, coaches' lives easier. I want to help kids. I want to help senior footballers. Um, and that's, it's a bit of advice, actually, I got off um, Rugby Bricks. I don't know if you've seen him on Instagram. Um, so I, I, I saw his Instagram and I just thought, mate, this is a brilliant account. Um, and he goes into a lot of the kicking technique with the conversions they kick off the tee. And I, I've learned a lot off that, just looking at of his stuff and um, transferred it to AFL. But I just asked him for some advice, you know, what, what to do on Instagram. Because I, I, initially I thought, should I be sharing so much? And he goes, Ben, the key, whatever you got, you just got to be willing to share. You got to be willing to share it. Then when you create programs later on, people will be happy to, you know, to purchase it if, if, you're, you know, if your stuff's good, basically. Um, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was good advice, you know, because I think some people do hold back. Like there, there are a lot of... 100%, yeah. There, there's a lot of AFL accounts out there that, that they're great, don't get me wrong, but I, I still think they're holding stuff back. Like just let's let it out there and like your stuff's great too. Like you just, you, all your exercises are out there. That's all your stuff you do for your strength and conditioning, like it's, it's there for if people want to find it, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, no, just, I had the yeah. same advice early stages with Papelic Pro and um, mm. uh, Nicholas Scott who, who ran a gym and he, he said, yeah, always give first and it, it does pay dividends later and it, it, it just resonated with me. And it, yep. it, um, I, have, I have had the same experience, mate. I think it, one, it's just um, you just go for it. So it's just more motivating as well because you're, yep. you're trying to discover new content, learn new things, and then understand it and then to be able to then teach it. Yeah. Um, but So you have to really refine your philosophy and be clear. But two, it, uh, people reach out and, and especially with COVID times, like you said, you get some nice messages about how helpful it is and yeah. um, how the tips and stuff help. So you can make it bigger, which is what we all want to do as coaches is make an impact. Yeah. You can make it. Uh, such a big impact by doing it. Um, yeah, like, that way. yeah. Like I'm used to having an impact just with a team, and that's that's brilliant. Like it is a great experience to win premierships as a coach and have an impact on a not just a team but a football club community. Like that's a great feeling, and you've done that at the top level too, Jack. Like where you're involved in a great environment. Um, but what we're doing now, I suppose, is we're having an impact on people in Australia and, and around the world, which still astounds me. Like I get messages from japan and poland and it's you know there's learning people, how to kick footing yeah like it's amazing and and like you said the mess how good is it when you get um those messages of people appreciating just those gratitude messages and i reshare them because i think it's the, for people to take the time to write a message and say thank you i reckon it's it's amazing so um yeah, i really appreciate when that happens it makes all the hard work worth it i reckon Talk us through, um, you've mentioned we, so have you got some coaches that help you out at Enhanced Football as well? Yeah, so probably the main one's Belle, um, and she she finds it hard because the AFLW schedule um, and lifestyle is very very challenging. Um, These girls are just amazing. They're basically full-time athletes, you know, training as hard as anyone, but yet they're expected to work, and, you know, she's got other jobs as well, and she helps me out, and she's trains as hard as anyone I've ever seen. So she'd be the main one. And then we just have some, some great coaches around the place that we get um, for our holiday programs and things like that. So, um, yeah, but to give you an example, Belle and I went to a great football club in Brisbane called Sherwood the other day. Um, we left here at 6 a.m. in the morning. We did a clinic at 8 to 11, another one at 1 to 4, and then we trained their senior women's team 6 to 8, and we got home at about 10 o'clock. So, um, yeah, a big day, and I've, I was pretty tired, but she had energy the whole way through. And if you've seen her play footy, you, and you've met her, Jack, you understand that she's just an energizer bunny. So it's good to have people like that around. Yeah, you can feed off them. That's um, yeah. that's impressive to, yeah. to do that off that. Uh, that's a solid day. Um, it's a big day. <laughs> 
Hey there, hope you're enjoying this episode with Ben Stanley. We're just going to take a quick break to hear a snippet of our interview with Bell Doors, number episode 58 on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Um, what are some of your ways as, as a coach that you, or even as an athlete when you're trying to increase your intensity, what, what are you focusing on when you're doing a drill and you want to lift it or, or when you're coaching, how do you yep. encourage the athletes to lift that intensity? What are you focusing yep. on? So even at, um, as a player, personally, um, when I'm training, I'm always trying to talk, like talking, um, building up the vibe. I feel like that's just the one thing, like anyone can do it. Everyone can do it. If you're not moving around in a drill, you can talk, you can chat, encourage. And I think um, like as a player, you can drive the drill. So you know how sometimes it, it might fumble out and everyone kind of just waits for the coach to blow the whistle. It's like, no, nah, get it back in, still in. So I think just keep going, like um, take a bit of leadership and just control the drill. Um, don't, don't rely on the coaches, like take that next step. And as a coach, I'm trying to explain that to um, players, which is obviously like hard to teach, which I've learned now. But um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be, for example, this is how you can talk. This is what you're going to be saying while you're standing in line. Like the drill's what you make it. To hear more from Bell Doors, make sure to scroll to episode 58 on the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Now back to Ben Stanley. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoy. And for those listening that are, interested to to work with yourself like i mentioned the intro there's digital products and obviously face-to-face products yeah um what's the what's sort of the uh, you know that's one day in your holiday program so you've got holiday yep. programs that, that you guys offer um when it's not school holidays time what's uh how does it fit in with your school teaching yeah good yeah. mornings yeah so mornings afternoons um and weekends as well um so yeah so we do a lot of private lessons, the one-on-one stuff. And, and you know, that's where you, you get great value in that, just to spend one-on-one time for, with, for an hour with someone just working on whatever part of the game, like it could be ground balls. But most people want that help with kicking. Um, and then we do small groups, larger groups. We go to see teams. Um, and then for the people that can't get in contact with us, that, you know, where, where we don't have staff members, we, yeah, we have our online programs. And they've been really successful and really the ideas come from your industry jack where you know we've all gone to a gym and you rock up to a gym and you just get lost you're like what do i do it's much easier if you got someone writing a program for you um so our our app is very simple you just all you need is your phone um and it's got the training session with all the videos of bell and i doing the drills it's all outlined for you so it's basically like your own afl personal trainer in your pocket so um, yeah, at the moment, we've got a pre-season program and a kicking program, which are, are going along really well and the feedback's been good so far. So, yeah, it's going good. Awesome, mate. Yeah, um, on the topic that we were discussing before about giving, um, Brett Barclay's just written through a message. Um, yeah. He's listening to live chat and um, he's, he's written to you, said, I'm glad you shared. I have used drills for our boys at um, Marucci Roos. Oh, so awesome. There you go, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and Marucci all for those. Um, it's a huge club up here and footy in Queensland is thriving. You know, they've got over probably 500 juniors, boys and girls, um, and they've been really proactive in seeking us out um, to, to give something back to their community. So we did a kicking analysis for every single kid at the club. Um, so I would, send, I would send through the coach with the whole team and I'll do the kicking analysis um, and the feedback from that from the parents, they really appreciated that the, the club invested just to, in something a little bit extra um, in that. So I'm not sure if it's been done before, but it's, it was a big job, um, you know, doing over 500 boys and girls, sending through video feedback for each. So it was, it was a really good experience. And it'll be interesting to look back to see if any of them, you know, in a few years, they might be playing AFL or good, good level of footy around Queensland. So it'd be good to reflect back on. It's all safe yeah. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So did they, how did that practically work? Did they all film their own technique no, and I, send it through? Or No, nah, I went out to training. So I'd, I'd go out and run like a 30-minute oh, kick education session, like where we go through the technique, break it down, do some drills. Um, yep. and, and then I would um, film them as a team. So just get them rolling through, kicking on the run. Um, and then I'd share the YouTube clip with the coach and then they would sit down um, and it, yeah, exactly the videos you see on my Instagram, same sort of stuff. Um, and I wouldn't, over, you know, with a 10 year old, I might give them three things they're doing well and one thing to improve. So yeah, yep. a bit more, a bit more detailed for the older ones. Yeah. 
I love it. That's great service. And yeah. going back to the creation of enhanced football for the, for the small business owners listening into the podcast, mm. whether they own a gym or they're a football yeah. coach and they're a teacher like yourself and they want to start to create more coaching opportunities like you've done, mm. um, you know, take us through when you're a teacher and you're coaching at the time, how did you sort of build the courage or how, or how did the motivation come, I guess, to create enhanced football? You mentioned it was organic. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the, the moment where you, where you went live and, and went yeah. for it? Yeah, I think it. I, I think it's what you know. It's what makes you happy and what you're passionate about. And it's something I've, I've always loved teaching. But there's this extra love for football and AFL and and teaching that. Like it's just. I, I think it's just the best game in the world, as you probably do, Jack. And um, it's the 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 culture around it, the game itself. Um, I'm, I'm just so passionate about making it better and helping people in the game, whether that be coaches, parents, kids. Um, and I suppose the thing that I didn't expect, and I was actually speaking to Bell the other night about it, was the passion I've got for women's footy now. Um, it's, it's really, really big. And, and I wouldn't have done that, and I said it to Bell, if, if I didn't um, reach out to her and we just did one session just to see if we clicked, if, the, if it worked, I don't think it, you know what this it would have grown, and I would have had the same sort of passion for women's footy as I do now. So it sort of just happened, and like you said, organically. And I'm I'm really glad it did because how good's women's footy? It's just thriving, loving it. Yeah, yeah, mm. that uncanny timing. There was it was obviously meant to be you two that, <laughs> um, doing that because it's the industry, like you said, it is is uh, pretty much straight vertical uh, in yep. the direction it's going. I think it's been in the media now. We we're talking about it off air where they'll be full time athletes in 2026. Yeah, uh, which yep. is a huge carrot for for those footballers that aren't professional at the moment, but are working towards that um, mm. as a goal. Um, the, yeah, the growth has just been massive ever since day one. Really, oh, um, is, yep. is is that something that like what would be your ratio for yeah. uh, female clubs and and male, but also private athletes? Like, yeah, I, I would actually say we would be probably sixty percent female, forty percent male at the moment. Like, right. p- particularly with our private sessions, um, yep. and then the the team stuff and the the other, it might be pretty even. But um, definitely the private and the small group sector. Um, probably, and it probably comes across on Instagram too. I you know, I get so many girls, and I think it's you know whether it's because maybe girls from like sort of Bell's age, maybe they didn't get the kicking practice at a young age that a boy would have. I'm not too sure, um, but they just yep. need, need the help and support with their kicking. Um, and from what I've found, like they're working with all the Lions girls and all the girls up here in Queensland that, that are wanting to, you know, a lot that are wanting to get to that level. They're just little, they're just sponges. Like they just want to learn. They, they want to try new things. Um, and it's, it's really a pleasure to coach them because um, they're willing to learn and, and they just, their respect levels are through the roof. They always thank you and just those little things make a difference. So, yeah, really enjoying it. And with the Lions program, uh, how yeah. did that look over a week? How much time did you get with the girls? And yep. uh, did you, uh, was it a homework sessions type of setup or was it all face-to-face coaching? How did this sort of schedule look? Yeah, so it, it sort of started with... Um, that a few of them were coming up to see me like privately. Um, and yep. it was, you know, because Belle and she started to see improvements and then the, she must have recommended and the couple came up. Um, and, then, and then they started to get me yeah, to go down to do some pre-season work. So it was face-to-face. Um, and that was a mix of actually in there running the drills like under Craig's guidance and things like that, um, but also taking certain individuals out, you know, that, that may have been in rehab or whatever and just working on technique stuff um, and mostly to do with kicking. Um, and they were really interested in it, the, the, the whole team, you know, just trying to give them one area to work on um, to hopefully make them a better kick. And, you know, I think we, we saw improvements, but there's still, there's still a way to go um, with all, you know, with all kicking in, in both leagues, I think. So, yeah, it was a good experience and um, really good to see uh, – a great program down there. Um, you know, the way they train is just phenomenal. Like, I was so impressed with how hard they train and, and their commitment to it. So I couldn't speak highly enough of it. And what were some key pillars that you're focusing on uh, for the developing footballers that are listening in? Uh, yep. What are some you know, professional athletes? What, are, what, were the, what were the key areas of focus? In regards to kicking? For kicking, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so I suppose the the, the main one that um, that I was trying to introduce, like kicking on the run, has got to be the most important thing, right? So when you when you're kicking on the run, we've got to give ourselves a bit of room. So I call it the pushing phase. So we've got to actually push the ball out. And you look at the best kicks in the comp: your Bonson Pallies, your Daniel Rich, your Pendlebury's, um, all those type of blokes. All the photos I put up on Instagram, just have a look at how they actually get the ball and they push the ball out with nice relaxed arms. A lot of coaches, particularly in the female programs, um, you know, they're, they're, where they're so obsessed with, with a low ball drop that they actually turn them into robots and their arms don't move. So we want them to be a little bit more relaxed, push the ball out to allow all the body segments to come through fluently. Um, so that was one of the main ones, you know, just getting them more fluent on the run. Um, and when you push it out like that, it can help your body position. It can help your fluency. Um, and I suppose the other one would be ball grip. Uh, the girls have a big challenge in particular with ball grip and some, some of the younger boys as well. Um, and I always say I never use hand size as an excuse and I don't want coaches to do it as well because hand size is no excuse. If you've got a good grip, you can, you can control the footy down um, with practice and correct instruction. So um, probably those two things, yeah, the grip and, um, and that pushing phase to help them on the run. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another one's tuned in, uh, Marie Putati, and she's just written, have enjoyed your video content, Ben, and use them often for some one-on-one training. So Yeah, awesome. Um, yep. We'll, we'll, we'll go into the challenges, both from a business point of view. Uh, you could talk about from a schedule point of view of managing teaching and coaching. Yeah. Um, or just coaching in itself. Uh, what, what is, what's a big challenge that you've faced over the last few years since Enhanced Football has been released and what did you learn from yeah. it? Yeah, um, I suppose, yeah, the challenge with the balance of teaching and Enhanced Football, um, at the moment, you know, that there is potential there that, um, that we, we could make this into a, a full-time type, like, type thing during the day, but it is a little bit hard because kids are at school um, and that's where yeah, most of my clientele are is in that, you know, that 18 to 10 to 18 region. So um, probably that's, that's the challenge is how to engage um, people during those times. Um, and I suppose that's that online stuff, you know, building that. Um, but there's nothing like face-to-face, as you know, Jack, um, in your industry, the same, isn't it? So, yeah, um, yeah the challenge of that, of scheduling in with the teaching and, and the enhanced football is, is constant, um, but that's just finding the right staff and all of those things that all business owners have um, got their challenges with. Um, and what was the other one, mate? The- uh, or even just from a coaching yep. perspective, yeah. what, what's, uh, I guess you could reframe the question in um, what's been the biggest learning you've had uh, over the last few years. Yeah. Time, I guess if you're talking to yourself three years ago sort of thing. Yeah, I, I guess... Probably one of my strengths was that I, I, I really do try to get to know the athlete first because I think if, if, if they don't trust in you and if they don't value and respect you and all of those things that, that take time, um, the message probably doesn't sink in enough. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I thought I was really good at it three years ago, but I reckon I'm much, much better now. Um, just got to get to know them. Um, and it's, again, same in your industry. You know, once you really get to know them, you don't always have to ask questions about football and kicking. Um, you know, talk to them, get to know them, and then you're going to see much, much better results um, as as the weeks go on. So that that'd be my main sort of um, yeah, little little bit of growth through there. Um, and I guess probably one of the other ones that coaches feel and I feel when you get bigger groups, um, the challenge is that differentiation of you know we've got all different levels. Of footballers, um, yeah. we want we want to challenge the top end. We want to push the bottom end to try and improve. And you know, we don't want the top end to get bored. All those type of things. It, it's one of the main questions coaches ask me, and it's still one that um, is I find, at, particularly at junior level, is probably the hardest thing to deal with. Is how do we cater for such a wide variety of um, different learning styles and um, stages of learning? I suppose so. It's a tough one. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good uh, topic of discussion for the coaches uh, yeah. tuned in. What are some actionable tips that you found useful to, um, yeah, help? Like you said, keep the the best 
best kickers still engaged and, and getting yep. something out of it, uh, the ones that maybe are lacking confidence or new to the sport mm. um, that aren't as skilled, uh, mm. making sure they've, they've got a focus area and then the middle tier as well. So, yeah, like I said, there's three different tiers. Yeah. yeah how do you tackle that? <laughs> yeah, and it's one that at a club level, which there might be coaches listening, that is hard. Like you don't want to always just group your top six players together because um, that can cause a, some issues with culture and, um, and confidence and things like that around the club. So, um, and it's also important to note that, you know, it's important that the better players are mixed in with your, um, you know, your middles or your lesser end players because they're going to learn by watching and feeling and seeing what they're doing um, as well. So I just think you've got to mix it up. You've got to give the top end players a chance to mix with each other. Um, but you've also yeah, you just got to be flexible and um, put a bit of variety in there, I suppose. That would be my advice. Yeah. Yep. And, and what about with, from the digital side of things for those that do have a digital business? Yeah. <clears throat> you mentioned the, the, the impact it can have by uh, knowing your athletes, having that connection, that rapport. Mm. Um, I, I work remotely as well with athletes, and mm. uh, uh, I guess this is probably a selfish question that I'm asking you, but you no. working with – a self, a, you know, digital products where you might not see the athletes. What are mm. some ways you um, go about building that relationship with, with uh, yeah, athletes that are following your app? Um, yep. You may not see them. They might not be booking private sessions either on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. What would be some ways to try and build that sort of connection, do you think? Yeah, it, it, is, it's, it is really hard. Um, we're using a platform called Max One. Um, it's an American um, platform that they use in the college system over there. Um, and I suppose the only way, and I, I've got a lot of clients that I haven't actually had a face-to-face chat like this, um, but yep. we've got a service within the app where we're constantly messaging them, asking for updates, um, seeing if they need more support, anything like that. Um, and some get back to you, some are happy just going along because um, it's quite interactive as your stuff would be. Um, but yeah, it's it's... It is hard, isn't it? It's, it's a hard one. As long as you're just communicating as much as you can, offering support, um, some will take it up, but some are happy just to go on their own journey, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. I guess at the end of the day, if they've got a good platform, like you said, they, the main yeah. purpose is the structure and direction. And if the videos are doing the job and the, um, yeah. then they're getting that service, then they're, they're happy. Um, so it's, it's, I guess it's a, it is a bit different probably to then more the face-to-face element. Is that how you sort of see it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just something that I think it's important to have for any of the business owners. Um, yeah, it's an important thing to have an online program, I think, as you're offering. Um, and, you know, if you, it, it does take a lot of time, doesn't it, Jack, to, with all the videos and the, the planning of the programs. Um, but once it's in place, it, 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 it can go along pretty well. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty happy with the progress of it. Um, check out Max, Max One platform if anyone, other businesses want to look at um, that because I've been pretty impressed with their, um, their process and their communication throughout as well. Yeah, we'll add the link to the show notes. Um, yeah. You want to easily <clears throat> check it out. Um, mm. What about the content creation side of things? Uh, does it, you haven't mentioned a marketing sort of background. No. Uh, so <laughs> imagine you've learned it on the go. You've done a good job of it. I saw you recently post today at 2,000 followers on YouTube, which is yeah. uh, awesome, and, and strong Instagram following as well. Mm. So, do you? How much structure is there? Like, do you have your? Do you have like a schedule that you up? You know, with with themes based. Is it more fluid? Talk us through your sort of processes. Yeah, yeah, no real structure. We just try to be really consistent on Instagram. That that's been our. Um, we were really focused on YouTube early, um, so that that sort of gathered a fair bit of momentum, and then. Probably in the last 12 months, um, Instagram has been our major focus. And um, a lot of the feedback we get is that it's people like it because it's, it's continual, it's constant, um, it's always there and there's always helpful things. So it, as you know, it does take time. Um, I still do it all myself at the moment because <clears throat> I find it's such specific information that I'm trying to educate people that I you know, potentially could get others to help, but I want it to be yeah, really meaningful and valuable for, for our followers and that's sort of the feedback we're getting. So, um, yeah, don't really have the marketing background, but um, learning as we go. Um, and if anyone's got any tips yeah, how we can improve or get better, I'd love to yeah, listen and hear as well. So, yeah, it, I enjoy it though. Do you, do you enjoy that sort of stuff? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's a steep learning curve, isn't it? Because I literally it? didn't no. even have Instagram two, two, well, maybe two and a bit years ago. Um, Facebook. So, That's a good <laughs> old school Facebook. Yeah. Um, I reckon my, MySpace was my prime. I love MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> Pick your song. Yeah. And that, that, uh, that, my, my song was That's the Thing About Football. Jeez, I love that. That was my song on MySpace. <laughs> Loved it. Classic. <laughs> bring it back. Eh? Yeah, bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into the lighter side of the podcast, mate. Yeah, mate. A bit of fun with these, but um, it's a bit of the get to know Ben segment. So, yep. first one is which movie or TV series has uh, made the biggest impact on you, Ooh. and why? Well, one, I'll just mention one that I, it hasn't had a huge impact, but one that I, I'm not into car racing at all. I find it really boring. Um, but yeah. I've just started watching the F1 series on Netflix. Um, And and I think there's been about four seasons. So I'm back. It's about 2017 and 18 at the moment. Um, But it's fantastic. Like I'm into it now. Like looking at Daniel Ricciardo's journey from Red Bull changing teams. um, And it just gives you a really good insight into a different sport completely um, and the money involved. Um, It's phenomenal. Yeah, I'd recommend that one. Um, But I I do like your documentaries, you know, anything about – your. Michael Jordan's, Kobe Bryant's, I get sucked into pretty quick. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, have a look at that one. Check that F1 one out. Yeah, check it out. I'm, I'm in the same boat. It's not a sport I'm aware of or I've had much nah. experience in, but yep. uh, it'd be good to have that eye-opening experience. And, and you do value something when you've got a better understanding of it, don't you? You do, yeah, yep. Yeah, what about sure. um, favourite inspirational quote or life motto? Four. <laughs> Oh, there's so many, isn't there? It's a hard one. Um, I, I, I think like probably the more the motto thing, I just, I just love people that like you just got to be yourself. Um, and that's I tell, you know, I, I try to be myself as much as I can. And you look at the best coaches in, in, the, in the industry right now, like Chris Fagan and things like that. He's just himself, isn't he? He's not trying to be anyone else. He's very aware of who he is. Um, and that's what I'm trying to be, just not change for anyone. I'm, I am who I am. And, um, and, and that's why, again, I spoke to, just because I was with Bell the last few days, but yeah, spoke to Bell about it. And I said, please don't you ever change because you are like, this is who you are and you, people will love it. Like once she gets into the media more and things like that, I just think she's going to explode because she's different. She's en- energetic and things like that. So just be yourself. Um, and you know, and okay. let it happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the flip side of that, what what are your pet peeves in your work life? What makes you angry? Oh, what makes me angry? Um, I do I do get frustrated when when people you know like when they're not willing to um, adjust or change when results aren't good. So if if I give them a, a kicking drill or a test or something like that, and the results are really not showing or their statistics, their kicking efficiency isn't showing, you know, a great sort of outcome. I get frustrated when people don't want to try things differently to get better. And, and it does happen in our industry. Like that happens with me and it's very rare um, where you might get an athlete come in um, and they want help and then you show them where their deficiencies are and where they can improve, but... There's just that reluctancy there that they, 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 what they're doing is what they've always done and what they were taught 10 years ago. They don't want to you know, adjust. And I, I really find that hard to believe when, um, when you had Kevin Ball on the other week, he said, how many times has Tiger Woods changed his swing? You know, yeah. was it, was it yeah. six or five? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and so I think there's space like, you know, senior footballers around the country that if you keep getting feedback that you're kicking is letting you down, do something about it. Go out and find someone. There's, there's plenty of good people out there and, and then just be willing to try things and accept feedback. So, yeah, that's sort of one for me. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a good point because there is a lot of fear, especially like you mentioned with uh, older athletes ch- making a change and mm. there's probably no bigger skill in a sport than, than golf. Um, mm. And, yeah, yeah, probably one of the best players ever to play the game, like you yeah. said, change. Change your shot. I think Fox. Michael Jordan changed his shot later on when you mentioned he it earlier in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I had a game, so the best athletes do it. Yeah, I was working with a guy from South Australia, Matty, um, and he's he's now he's moves around. He's, he came to Queensland. I think he just had to move back home, but he's always been he's always been a good kick, and he um, 
but his coaches kept saying that it just doesn't look fluent and it's just it's something that's held him back in that um, probably gaining, um, going further with his footy. Um, but no one ever gave him the answers to it. They just said, mate, yeah, your kicking's just not quite up to scratch. You just don't look fluent enough. And he kept asking for answers and feedback, but that's all he was getting for five years. Um, and then he's, he's, he's got people like Choco who worked with him, um, made a difference. Then he come to see me. We made a bit of a difference. So he's always searching just for little ways to get better. Um, and yep. he, would have, he would have taken stuff from Choco, made him better, came to us. Like, like I know exactly what we, what we, we made him better with. Um, and, he, and he does now look to me like a fluent kick. Um, and he's improved at the age of like 27. So it can yeah. be done. <laughs> if, if you yeah. want, it can be done. Mm. Yeah. Keep an open mind, eh? Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about, well, this is COVID free world, which we're pretty much in now, which is great. Um, what, do you, what do you think is to spend your day off? Uh, spend, yeah, just with the family. I've got twins here at home. So um, where they love, you know, just your normal stuff, bike riding. We live in a, if you haven't, people listening, if you've ever been up to the Sunshine Coast or you haven't been here, I'd recommend it. It's a, it's a beautiful part of the world. So we've got lots of options, beach, we can go up to the mountains, we can, you know, there's lots of options here, very outdoors, so um, anything like that and try to go for a kick with them as much as we can. They're only six, so I've got to calm down a little bit, but <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> trying to implement that already. But, um, yeah, more interested in the bike riding and mountain climbing at the moment, I think, the little ones. <laughs> yeah, plenty of that. It's good yeah. fun. Yeah, no, and what good. about broad favourite holiday destination? Um, I w- it was always my dream to go to America. Um, and I went there when I was, you know, after school, went just and just traveled watching the NBA, the NFL. Um, yeah, I just love that sort of stuff. So, yeah, went lucky enough to go over and watch, you know, Kobe Bryant, who was one of my all time heroes, and got to see him live and um, got to go to lots of NFL games. So, that was my number one place. But now with a family, you know, it's probably going to be Bali, Thailand, all those type of things, <laughs> Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Thinking it back, recharge the batteries. Yeah, yeah. But uh, again, living in Queensland, um, we're very, very lucky. It's just we can, uh, we, we sometimes just take the caravan down to Cotton Tree Park, which is five minutes away, and just go down there and plonk it on the beach for a while. So that's not bad either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome, Matt. Well, yeah, thanks for jumping on the podcast again and no worries, to Jack. spend time with you and, and share your journey, your journey, no doubt, for developing footballers coaches and even those that are on the uh on the edge on whether to launch their own business or not uh, i think yeah. you've given them some good inspiration to, to do so uh talk us through what what's on the horizon for for 2022 what are you excited about yeah so excited to build our online platform um and we're, we're starting really excited to get out to more local clubs um because that's as we you know the stuff online is great but just going out to clubs and educating coaches running team sessions um, for kids, for senior teams, um, that's what we love doing and that's where we can really make a difference. So loving getting around doing that. So at the moment, most of it is here in Queensland, but the, the, probably the aim is to um, go a little bit more nationally um, and, you know, we're constantly getting messages from people from Melbourne, from South Australia, from Western Australia, asking if we've got staff in these areas. And I do have a few getting around in Melbourne and, but, um, you know, we've got a probably get a little bit better in that area and expand there. So that's probably the next step, Jack, is to um, look a bit more nationally, I think. That's exciting. Uh, awesome, mate. Yeah, well, well done so far and looking forward to the future is bright with an enhanced football. So looking forward to collaborating more, mate, with our brands. It's, yeah. uh, it's good to be able to connect uh, through these platforms and, and like you said, give as much content as we can to, to help footballers. Um, for, for those that are interested in working with you, where's the best place to head? Yeah, um, just probably Instagram. That's because I'm always on it. Um, yeah, just DM us on Instagram. Um, if you want to make it more formal, enhancedfootball at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, looking, yep. you know, but to be honest, I probably would target um, teachers that, are, that have got a footy background, um, but interested in any, anyone that's passionate really as well. So anyone that's passionate about, um, you know, educating and spreading the word and trying to help anyone out in, in, in relation to football, we would, we would love to have a chat. So, um, yeah, that, that'd, be, that'd be good if we could do that. Awesome. Yeah, we'll add the links and, and your email in the show notes. So for anyone listening in the podcast world, head there and uh, hit, up, hit up Ben and you never yeah, know what, 
come from it. Have a chat. You never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, well, thanks again, mate. Who's your tip for the grand final, Jack? Men's? Uh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Bias, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, but uh, to be honest, it would be right now if I, if I, yeah, I would say just logically it looks like a um, pretty strong squad. Yeah. Um, with good yeah. mentorment and good belief, which seems to be a big factor in yeah. finals. Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking? It's, it's hard to know who's second. And Brisbane, uh, Doggies had a good win. Brisbane, yeah. probably the second team. They're looking strong and they're strong yeah. at home. I think they are. Won, they've got an amazing record in the last 40 games at home. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, initially, I threw a bit of a weird. I thought I just threw Sydney out there early. I still think Sydney yeah. can grow, but um, yeah, probably, yeah, Melbourne or Brisbane. I went to watch Brisbane on um, last night. And they do look good, and they've still got some strength to come back in with, like your Eric Hipwoods. And so, if you get Hipwood, McStay, and Joe Danaher up forward, there's some three big pillars that I reckon could cause some damage. So, be interesting, be good. Yeah, yeah, it'll be <laughs> exciting. Yeah, no, nah, thanks, mate. Appreciate okay. it. And yeah, really, um, yeah, I love what you're doing as well, mate. It's just like I said, we're learning all off each other, and I think that's the best thing. So it's really good. Yeah, hundred percent. Likewise, mate. And, yep. and thanks for everyone that, that's tuned in. If you tuned in late during the live show, you can watch the recording from the very start. Definitely recommend it. Ben's dropped some solid gems all the way through from the very beginning. We actually had a uh, – we didn't even muck around with an intro. We got straight into the good ah, stuff at the that. start. So, yeah, <laughs> make sure to tune in to the very beginning. You can do that on our YouTube channel, and then the podcast will be released next Tuesday uh, on our podcast platforms where you can listen to any in the podcast directory, whatever your favourites are. Our next live chat will be with Justin Doherty, who's the rehab physiotherapist at the Sydney Swans. So I'll see you guys then. That's 8.30 p.m. next Friday, which is, what's the date today? That'll be about the 20th of May would be my guess. But I'll post it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys. See you, mate. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content such a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian of the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, yeah, like game changes whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah, yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with Academy member Rama Davies, the strength conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat, um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did um, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm. Yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah it certainly yeah has been massive for me now, and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose 
one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts, doing a, a journal every day just a bit to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, it might be whatever as an S&C coach, you know, if something's you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm-hmm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and um, if I kind of didn't have that fear, fear of you know asking a silly question or fear of judgment it would have got me a lot further and I probably would have learned a lot quicker um and yeah. and yeah like just yeah being open to sort of different things um because you never know what you might find it's just yeah there's so many people like great people out there knowledgeable people to learn off and there's plenty more where that came from if you would like to learn more then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.